intuitively combine different textures, colors, and patterns to create your own unique mobile. There's no experience necessary. The Levy Vocals Art Center is at 2012 Baltimore Avenue, the CMO. For more information on these and many other events in our area, go to kkfi.org slash arts kc go. This is Aaron McGrain and Jeff Freeling of Victor and Penny. And you're listening to 90.1 FM KKFI Kansas City Community Radio. The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM KKFI Midcoast Radio Project or its staff and volunteers. All aboard! Support for KKFI comes from the Johnson County Museum, featuring special exhibit, trains, transportation, and the transformation of Johnson County, now through January 13th. This exhibit showcases the impact of railroads on the county's landscape, people, and economy. Through interactive displays, artifacts, and visuals, visitors are transported back in time to witness the changes that rail transportation brought to Johnson County. For more information, visit jocomuseum.org. There's no business like show business, like no business I know. Everything about it is appealing. Everything that traffic will allow. No way could you get that happy feeling when you are stealing that extra bow. There's no people like show people. They smile when they are long. Yesterday they told you you would not go far. That night you open and there you are. Next day on your dressing room they hung a star. Let's go. Costumes, the scenery, the makeup, the props, the audience that lifts you when you're down. The headaches, the heartaches, the backaches, the flops, the sheriff who escorts you out of town. The opening when your heart beats like a drum. The closing when the customers don't come. Before the show has started That your favorite uncle died at dawn And top of that, your pardon I have parted You're broken-hearted, but you go on There's no people like show people They smile when they are low Even with a turkey that you know will hold You may be stranded out in the cold Still you wouldn't change it Well, hello and welcome to this Christmas Day edition of the KKFI Arts Magazine Show. I am Michael Hogue, your host. Glad to have you with us on this uh, December the 25th. If you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas to all of you. If you celebrate other things, 
what are some of the other things? Hanukkah, I guess, is over. It's over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> con- congratulations on having a happy Hanukkah, if you did. And, and, of course, there's other religions as well. And we salute all of them here at KKFI. Hope you have a wonderful day today. We are. We have a live guest, believe it or not. I had doubts that I would have one. I've Just the way the, the schedule and the calendar worked out, I've been on Christmas Day a number of things, a number of times over the years. Uh, usually it was something recorded that we would play. Uh, I had an interview with a director who who was shooting a movie in Pittsburgh at the time. And she wanted to come on Christmas morning. But other than that, it's been mostly recorded things. But uh, the cast, uh, the director and some of the cast of Arsenic and Old Lace, which opens on January the 5th at City Theater of Independence, are with me today. Uh, First, Anna Olson. She is the director of the show. Uh, it, it's kind of a mind blower for me. I, I know her <laughs> folks. <laughs> she was very young when I first met her. Clay Morgan, who plays the role of Teddy Brewster. He's going to play the bugle first. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but he could. I, I left it on the prop table. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the role of Teddy Roosevelt. No, actually, he plays one of the Brewsters who <laughs> thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. But yeah. We'll, we'll get into the plot here as we go on. Daniel Thompson plays the Reverend Dr. Harper in the show. Hello. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> nice to have you with us as well. Some of these Thank people you. are new to the show others are not and Vicki Kearns who uh, has been doing theater for many years I, I did a show with her many many years ago more than 20 hello dear would you like a glass of elderberry wine <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> although I almost drank it in one scene maybe, maybe that'll come up maybe it won't but, but you open in Arsenic and Olays it's an interesting show it's a it's hilarious show but it's a very it's a very dark comedy Anna it is. It is. It's one one that's near and dear to my heart, um, and uh, so I'm very excited to get to direct this one and and be part of it again. Which brings so. up the question: Why is it a favorite <laughs> of yours, and why is it very dear uh, <laughs> to your heart when you consider what happens well, in the show? When you consider what happens <laughs> in the show, it's always been fun. I remember this show, my parents doing this show with you and others as a kid, and getting to help with props and lights and sound and different things and just the fun of putting on the show. Um, it also became a, a running joke in my family between my siblings and I as we grew up because they talk about ha- Happy Dale Sanitarium and that's where <laughs> Teddy needs to go. Oh, that's where you and needed so to go. And so my siblings <laughs> and I made it a joke in our home for many, many, many years that we would send each other to Happy Dale and <laughs> oh, I, I'm happy to know I, I caused you to have such fun as a child. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's just one that I'm, I'm glad I get to take the reins on. So when you saw director applications come out for this, you, you jumped on that. I did. I, it was this one and another one that's being presented uh, just after this one by CTI. Um, but, yeah, this is the one I got, and I'm have been having a blast with it the cast is, and crew are just amazing and you have to walk as i learned doing I, I was mortimer you you had to walk a fine line between the dark side he he was just flabbergasted at what his aunts his loving aunts and they were a fairly loving they they, they adored oh, him sweet sweet ladies they're adorable sweet, adorable yeah how these ladies could also do some of the things they did yeah 
it's pretty pretty amazing to think but about. They, but. they think they're doing a Christian service by when a, a gentleman had died at their house from a heart attack and they saw how peaceful he looked. They just wanted to help other lonely old men in that same position, but they couldn't depend on a heart attack happening every time, so they devised their own way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how much you want me to give away, but... Probably no more than that. Okay. <laughs> but uh, they uh, they felt very strongly about this. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And it went... Uh, that way at all. Well, Nikki Kearns just spoke, so we'll talk to her. She plays the role of one of these aunts, Aunt Abby. Aunt Abby. Uh, about 40 years ago, when I lived in St. Joe, I did arsenic and old lace, and I played Aunt Martha. Now I'm a little more age-appropriate <laughs> to the role, so uh, I can I can actually feel her aches and pains <laughs> as she goes <laughs> up and down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> But it's such a fun role, and she is so close. Her sister Martha is 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 I think a little bit more timid and frightful, and Aunt Abby's kind of the big sister and takes care of her sister <coughs> and everyone around her. I mean, they make soup for people and take to them, and they're just two lovely little old women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but they just felt this sorrow for these yeah. gentlemen and. What was going to become of them? And uh, at, uh, some people would tell me after the show and other versions. I've, I've seen every time it's on somewhere, I, I go see it just to see what the difference was. You, you tend to do that. You know? And they don't have a clue they're doing anything wrong. They're, they don't they, think they are. They're That's just doing a, a very a wonderful charity and service for these, for these poor, lonely old men. So they're just really good at heart. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a history of mental illness in the family, and yes. the the yes. the writer infers Joseph Kesterling. I have more to ask about him, but uh, he he thought that uh, th- that might have played a part in it, or leads them to believe so. Yes, they. Um, he, uh, Grandfather Brewster was a, a surgeon, and at the time, kind of experimented on people uh, using different uh, medicines and poisons and different things, and wanting to actually help people. And so the, the two little old ladies grew up around that and didn't know any difference of uh, anything right or wrong that might have happened. Sure. Now, you also have, uh, what was, uh, Clay, what was Teddy's connection to them? He, he, he was their uh, I'm, I'm nephew well, as well. I'm, I'm their nephew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> um, I, I believe I'm Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, he does. And, uh, uh, you mentioned running up and down the stairs, or going up and down the stairs. I charge up and down the stairs for the whole show. Constantly. Um, <laughs> and it's the most fun thing ever. Um, and, and kind of being able to just play. In, in Teddy's mind, he is living out the life of Teddy Roosevelt in this little house. Uh, and it's just very, very fun to see, you know, to play with stuff in the house uh, because he's seeing something other than what's actually there. People ask sometimes, and I can't give the answer on the air. That would You'll have to go see the show on your own to see. Yeah. But there's a reason he, he put you as Roosevelt 
thinking you're Roosevelt. There's a very clever reason for that. And those of you who aren't familiar with the play, you will have to guess that. But you can figure it out by, by listening very closely to what he says. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. How was that? What is that like for you? Did you do any research on the actual Theodore Roosevelt? Uh, I did. I did. And uh, it's been kind of fascinating. Um, he, what, what, I, what really um, surprised me about Teddy Roosevelt, here's this guy who had asthma as a kid and was basically told stay inside uh-huh. and he beat asthma by going i'm gonna go be an athlete i'm gonna swim i'm gonna push my body to the limits and when i get tired i'm gonna take a rest and then start again uh-huh. and he just so this man that is just crazy beat asthma like he basically cured himself of asthma by pushing himself to the limit and then um, there was one uh, one of the things that I, I found was that he, during a speech he got shot and then continued to s- speak for another like 45 50 minutes before he yeah he finished his speech yeah. yeah he did <laughs> yeah he finished his speech I mean this guy was a tough tough person mm-hmm. and I, I I was like wow and so uh, in doing research I found a, a recordings of him and he had a very reedy voice very thin voice which surprised me because he was so robust and that's the the voice that i do for the character is like well with a spoon hold this we're going to africa yeah and that's just sort of the way it and it's delightful comedians even even though people alive today in fact probably very few have actually heard his voice yeah yeah i happened to stumble across it on on youtube and they're they're used to hearing him say the comedians will always do him by saying bully yeah, bully. bully, bully, yeah. And I'm not sure exactly where bully came from. Was that from uh, the Rough Riders uh, in Cuba? Um, I I believe it was his bull moose party. I that see, he started. that's right. And I think that's where that bully came up with, uh, or that's where that term came up came sure. from. Sure. So yeah, they interesting yeah. man, very interesting, fascinating, rugged individualist. I hear uh, was active in the first national parks. Yeah, yeah, being really. Put up and uh, and of course uh, the bears in the park. A lot of jokes are made, but uh, the teddy bear right. was named after him. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was. We have we have a couple of references to that in our <laughs> show as well. We actually yes. do. We have um, uh, two different teddy bears in the show yeah. that are referenced at different points. Just as little things we've thrown in. Uh, to, to nod to that story of, of him being the big game hunter who refused to shoot the bear. He went and, and uh, there's a documentary, it's been on public television, of him after his presidency, mm-hmm. uh, traveled down to South America to hunt down there and actually caught uh, a virus of some kind. Uh, uh, I think it was mosquito born. And the right. other people uh, on the uh, expedition had to carry him on a stretcher out of the jungle. Oh wow! I he, did not he know was that. Over, it's been on PBS yeah. a number of times. It, uh, but that he he did not rest into retirement easily. No. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, once he left office, he ran again after that, after skipping a term, and caused a lot of problems for the uh, right for the current uh, administration, <laughs> whichever one that was at the time. Uh, but yeah. He, Taft, maybe. Taft. Yes, sure. it's Taft. But yeah, but mm-hmm. he caused a lot of problems. He was a troublemaker. Yeah, he wanted to just shake things up, much mm-hmm. like your character right. is. <laughs> this. Oh, yes. That's right. Well, <laughs> more to talk to about him, of course. Daniel Thompson plays the role of Reverend Doctor Harper. 
how how much does your character know if it and if it ruins any of the plot lines don't answer directly <laughs> but how does that affect uh, how you feel about uh, dealing with uh, uh this this family here this uh this Brewster family this very odd Brewster family right so Dr. Harper thinks very very highly of Abby and Martha um he is totally aloof to what's going on. Um, and, of course, his daughter is dating their nephew, Mortimer. So he just, he loves the Brewster sisters, and he makes reference to that the house is what holds the gentle virtues of another day. They're all here within this house. And um, Little does he know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I won't give away too much, but he's kind of in the room when, like, there's, like, a forewarning of what's going to happen because the police officers, Brophy and Klein, come in, and they start talking and saying, this is what this family used to do. Uh, Grandfather Brewster um, did all kinds of things within the house, which you'll learn more about that, but... I mean, it's sitting right in front of his face, but he's totally aloof, and he thinks that the Brewster sisters are just these sweet little old women that love everybody and want to bring them soup and take care of them. But he doesn't like the theater. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he cannot stand the theater. In the 1940s, the theater was considered scandalous. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Mortimer was a theater critic. Right. right, right. So that kind of adds to the problems, as does the appearance of uh, this. Is it a step? Is it a step uh, situation? Uh, but there's there's two evil gentlemen, uh, right, That right. are also related. It, yeah, it's um, Teddy and Mortimer are brothers, half brothers, probably is kind of what we're thinking. Um, and then uh, the, their other brother shows up, Jonathan, yeah. uh, with his. Uh, Cohort. Cohort, his his compadre that is the they are very not very good people. <laughs> and when this half brother, I think it was a half brother, spent a long time. He he gets involved with this and uh, being the evil, as you said, man he mm -hmm. is. He decides to take advantage of this, and further complications ensue. Right. Oh, oh yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, you, you really you need your program, folks. <laughs> I got to say, there's so much comedy in this show about this really dark subject. I, I'm just eating it up. Like, just the way it's written is really, really thoughtful. And then just the whole silliness of it, poking fun at the theater, because he's because Mortimer's a critic. So he's poking fun at the very thing that we are doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I just find that just the... Just the joke in there, you know, that he's poking fun at the critics who are being critical of the show that we are doing. It, you know, it's just fa it's fantastic. And that it's brings fantastic. up, it's, it's the perfect segue to what I wanted to ask later on, but I'll ask now. Joseph uh, Kesselring, Kesselring, am I saying it right? Kesselring. Kesselring, which uh, uh, is, is the playwright of this particular show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, in my research of him before I did the role years ago, he, he meant for this to be, at least to a degree, uh, also a statement on euthanasia, mm -hmm. which it is. 
Uh, and it's something that in those days probably would have been more scandalous. And we're talking the 40s, folks, the early 1940s, probably was more controversial, even much more so than even now. Yeah. And uh, but he was uh, he was told by the producers on Broadway that the people who would put in the money to back his show. That it should be more of a black comedy rather than a statement on euthanasia. So that was a good decision in yes. that uh, mm-hmm. it uh, is it's very funny in a dark sort of way. Yes, it is. Oh, but yes. but mm-hmm. even more so to me anyway when you consider that that's what he meant. He mm-hmm. he wanted right. to talk about why why the ants did this, but their intentions were so good. And how do you justify that? one way or the other right and there are some farcical elements in it too with you have things going in and out of window seats and you have people going in and out doors and and upstairs and downstairs and in the cellar and it's just this constant where do i look where do i look what's going on element to it that is what is so makes it so funny yeah it's you're always wondering what's yes. going to happen next, and it makes it a lot of fun to do. The show, by the way, is called, oh boy, I've, I've goosed this enough, I think, <laughs> Arsenic and Old Lace, and it opens on Friday, the 5th of uh, January at 7.30 p.m. Performances then continue Saturday the 6th at 7.30, a matinee on Sunday the 7th at 2 o'clock p.m., on Friday the 12th of January, 7.30 p.m., Saturday the 13th at 7.30, and closes with another matinee on Sunday the 14th at 2 o'clock p.m. at the City Theater of Independence, which is located in the Roger T. Sermon Center, 201 North Dodgen in Independence. Uh, But that's more complicated than it needs to be. It's at the corner (laughs) of Truman and Nolan Roads in Independence, where everything in Independence seems to be. The the police station is there. It's right there. City Hall is there. (laughs) Everything is there. It's Uh, not far from Truman's home. It's not too far from Truman's home. Yeah, and I'm I wonder if he saw this show. There was no evidence that he had ever seen this show, but uh, I wonder often what his opinion would be. President Truman was a very opinionated man about things such as this Mm -hmm. and everything that went on. Uh, The the Roger T. Sermon Community Center, Truman and Nolan Rhodes in Independence. You can go on their website, citytheaterofindependence.org, and they have a box office number where you can also call and... uh, uh, they'll have to get back to you, of course, but you can call and uh, leave questions if you have them, 816-370-6654. Now, Anna Olson, the director, once yes. again, <laughs> she brought three people with her. And I did. I didn't expect as many on Christmas Day, but this is great. I, I didn't either, but it was it just worked out very nicely that they all had this break in their Christmas plans, and so did I, and so we were able to come all together. Now, one of the key things of this show is the casting. You, oh, you, it ha- is. you have to get the casting right for it to work right. So what was the oh. challenges there? You have you got Vicky as one of your aunts. Oh, Vicky walked in and I went, I I, I have an aunt <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> I didn't um, realize I knew her. <laughs> she didn't. Oh, she oh didn't. you didn't remember the connection in. there between the Freeman Hogan's? I hadn't and seen her, her since she was a little girl. Oh well, mm-hmm. I, I haven't well, until I interviewed you when you were involved with the Kansas City, Kansas. Group. Yes, with the Alcott Arts so many yeah, years okay. ago. Yeah. And, and I hadn't seen so. her for years after the Bes- mm-hmm. before since that yeah <laughs> i did theater well, of course with her mom and dad too probably yeah. mm-hmm. and with her married name i didn't know who it was yeah. and she said oh you did theater with my folks and was like oh my goodness what a small world it is mm-hmm. 
I did the same thing at my director's interview, though. I went through the entire interview saying I've worked with CTI before when I was a kid and teen, and I'll get to it at the end as to who I am and how the connection is here. And I got through the whole interview, and I was and I was getting ready to go, and I'm like, okay, you want me to tell you now? And they're like, yes, please tell us how you know CTI. And, and then I dropped my parents' names, Terry and Lillis Freeman Hogan, and they're uh-huh. just and th- a couple of the people that were on the on the interview committee there were just like, oh my god, how did we? <laughs> you know, like we worked with them years ago, and so it's it's really fun. It's like coming home to CTI That's and right. and rediscovering <laughs> the things that have gone on in the. 20 or so years that I haven't been there more than 20 um but it's it the casting has just been amazing and this whole crew and 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 cast are just they're so full of knowledge and expertise and just finding those little comedic moments and adding those little special touches to the show and to their characters and it's it's been such a, a joy to do this show and I, I come out of rehearsal every night just laughing at something had gone on, that had gone on and it's been really fun too because my daughter is now getting her first CTI experience because she's helping backstage with this show and she's nine, and I was nine when I started at CTI years and years and years ago. So it's really kind of full circle for me as well, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Now you needed two aunts, a, a good yep. fit there for Vicki Kearns. What <laughs> yes. about the other lady? Uh, Denise Decker is playing Aunt Martha, uh, and she's uh, she and Vicki play off each other so much. It's been so fun. Yeah, fun. And, we and a lot of fun. they've been sisters from the first rehearsal yeah. it's been amazing to see the two of them come together and and create the the bond the sisterly bond between each other when they've never worked together before or even met each other until well, then that is typical of, of actresses that's the beauty of theater is how you can you don't realize until you start playing off of one another how quickly you can connect with someone and that mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the one thing i love about theater so much is the, and then the friendships that are formed are just right. amazing the yeah. challenge mm-hmm. was being sweet and lovable on one hand with mortimer they were uh, oh yeah they were always offering him something to drink and that became a concern at oh, some and point. They, they <laughs> love that he's in, engaged to Elaine, uh-huh. and they giggle yes. and run off, and and they're just so happy that Mortimer's engaged, and that especially to the Reverend's daughter, to the Reverend's yes. daughter, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then there was that dark side, and there are lines that you say that, without giving it away, give it away if you knew what you were looking for. And I wonder often where Kesterling, uh, Joseph Kesterling, uh, thought about that. And he said, I think I'll slip in something here, maybe. Yes, maybe. but still, you will see it and go, did they really say that? Do they, re- do they know what they're doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you realize they don't. They are just the sweetest little old ladies, and they think they're doing the right thing. They honestly believe they're doing the right thing. They still have this little wicked smile on occasion too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and b- being a playwright, you know, he he knows at a certain at a certain point he learns. Let's put it that way. And, but he didn't learn for a while. But at a certain point, he learns these are my aunts. And Something is, is not right here. <laughs> <laughs> but they're my loving aunts. Yes. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. do I do about this? Well, and he spends the show figuring out a way 
to protect his aunts and his family. Mm-hmm. And just watching the whole process of that as he's running around talking to people and and seeing the things that he sees and trying to figure it all out. And then it's beautiful the way it turns out. Yeah. Well, you know, he does that without giving it all away. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. We watch him figure it out as the, as the audience. You watch him figure it out. And then it, the way it plays out is not the way I would do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, right? It's not the way yeah, that, that a true. normal person would do it. Right. But, you know, because of the love he has for his family, he really he really goes down some rabbit holes yes, to figure it out. It's yeah. a complicated family, as oh, I said earlier, and I don't think I'm giving much away. A history, perhaps, of some mental illness there. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. very much so. And that reflects well, with the character you play, for one thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And with the uh, half, I believe it's half-brother. Yeah, and Jonathan. Yeah. yeah. Who? And that's an actor that you had to cast that would bear a certain small resemblance to Boris Karloff because it says it in the script. It Actually, Boris Karloff originated the role on Broadway of jo- Jonathan Brewster. Yes. He was the first person to ra- play that role. Um, and that's why they have, they have all the references to Karloff in there because he's such an iconic person and an I- iconic figure. You know him when you see him. And so they, I think... Joseph Kesselring really went, well, you know what? I'm going to use that, and I'm going to just incorporate that into the show. And it's been really, really fun um, with that because the character itself is nothing like Karloff. No, not But at he's all. supposed to look like him. The, um, the way some of the public might imagine Karloff to be, which was not possible. the way the actual Karloff really was. No. But you were so identified, especially in those days, with the characters you played, mm-hmm. that it was easy for them to make that association. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, uh, the man who played his cohort, that was... Uh, Dr. Uh, Einstein. Yeah, now... Peter Laurie. Peter Laurie. Peter Laurie. Did Peter Laurie also do the show, or did just Boris Karloff? Uh, you know what? You don't know? Uh, give me two seconds the, here. Laurie was in the movie. He, um, he was in the movie, yeah. That's for sure. Uh, that uh, I just he, wonder if there's a connection. The original role was played by Edgar's, I'm going to say it wrong, it's S-T-E-H-L-I. And I'm willing Stelly? to... And I'm willing to bet that he probably, when he played the role, he did it as if he were Peter Laurie. Perhaps so Peter Laurie is the most recognized yes. in that role from the movie. Oh, sure. And that's who I picture when I think of Dr. Einstein. Yes. Um, so that was interesting. until cast. I cast it now, and now I, I can't think of anybody but Jack McCord in the role. <laughs> <laughs> Jack is uh, funny. He is playing Dr. Einstein Dr. for us. Uh, Steve a, Parker is playing uh, his Jonathan Brewster as well. Steve's very tall. Very tall. Very tall man. Yeah. Very he's, he's Looming. Yes. <laughs> That's interesting because uh, the Dr. So. Einstein in the production I was in was very small. And that's the way yeah. they're described to be is very tall and very small to have that dynamic uh-huh. between the two characters. Um, and I think it lends to the fact that Jonathan is so menacing and such a, a mean person that he can tower over and kind of overpower Dr. Einstein and get him to do what, right. what he wants. 
um, just physically in some respects. Okay, and we've reached the halfway point of the show, a little past, so I need to take my break now. But when we return, we're going to talk uh, to, to the others about their characters. And I want to learn, and you all can think about it, the things you've done over the years. Vicki's done a lot. Her, her, <laughs> her part of this conversation will go on for quite a while. It could. Uh, it I, could. But I'm sure you all have, have done things over the years, including mm-hmm. Anna. All of that. All of that. (laughs) Wow. When we return, you're listening to the Christmas uh, edition of the KKFI Arts Magazine show right here on KKFI 90.1 FM. Did you know your business or organization could be sponsoring this episode of Arts Magazine? Learn more at kkfi.org slash marketing. Every Friday morning at 9.30, Understanding Israel-Palestine goes beyond the sound bites to examine what's taking place in Israel-Palestine. Tune in or catch the podcast at kkfi.org where you'll find the last four years of the program. That's Understanding Israel-Palestine on Friday morning at 9.30 a.m. Welcome back to the Arts Magazine Show right here on KKFI 90.1 FM, your community radio station right here in Kansas City. I'm Michael Hogue, your host. Yes, what he said was true. There's programming changes are coming to KKFI starting the week of January 22nd. Some of us will be changing days. Uh, Others will be switching times and things like that. So check the KKFI website for, for this. Uh, instead of being on Monday at noon, I will be on Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Not much of a change there, but you need to know. And, uh, and new programmers will be coming on to fill some of the music time slots for the most part. Not just music, but for the most part, it's music time slots. So be aware of that when it happens. And it starts on Monday, January 22nd. And you'll be seeing uh, and hearing more more promos about that change as the time gets closer. We're talking right now with uh, City Theater of Independence. They're doing the, the very funny dark comedy Arsenic and Old Lace. And with us, Anna Olson, the director. Clay Morgan, who plays the role of Teddy Brewster, an important character in several different ways. Yes. <laughs> Daniel Thompson, who plays the Reverend Dr. Harper, the, uh, the, uh, the father, actually, of... Uh, of Mortimer's fiance Correct. at this point. So does, does he become alarmed that he's marrying into this family? But but you don't know a lot of this Mm-mm. at I, one He's point. just so, he's more so enamored with the Brewster sisters because he is a reverend. So it's, oh, these are, you know, good Christian ladies that <laughs> help the community. They can never do in his eyes, they could never do any wrong. They have charities. They And there's even a line when they're talking about Mr. Beninsky and he's about to get his leg amputated and they're upset because they can't go watch. I mean, <laughs> that is like what? a huge red flag right there. Well, I talked about clues. Uh, yeah. I kind of had that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. when they say it, it's not like, uh, why do they want to? It's you must spare yourself something that you couldn't be of any, like he's telling them like, stop being so good. (laughs) They're not that good. (laughs) But he is so blinded by these Christian women that help the community that he can't see past it. I mean, he's sitting right there, which it's still, and honestly, 
surprises me. I feel like if Elaine was not with Mortimer, Dr. Brewster, I mean Dr. Brewster, <laughs> Dr. Harper. Dr. Harper, Dr. Harper might not be Dr. Harper anymore. But, <laughs> but yeah. Dr. Harper has something that the Brewster sisters want, which is Elaine becoming Mortimer's wife. So, but he's just so clueless to everything. And he, as you said, he hates the theater. Yeah. What is his reasoning behind that? And his daughter is marrying a theater critic. He, you know, I think because back in the 1940s, the theater was a very scandalous thing. Oh, yes. So he doesn't see it of being of Christian morals yeah. and values. So that's why he doesn't like that Mortimer's connected with it. But immediately, I mean, Abby's like, oh, but he hates it. It's he a hates, job. It's a job. Yeah. And immediately Harper's like, you know what? Because Abby said that he does. Oh, I believe him. I believe her. <laughs> True. But yeah, it's just that the theater was scandalous and it wasn't of the Lord. So Sure. Now, you play, uh, your name is Daniel Thompson. Yeah. You play the Reverend Dr. Harper. Tell us about what you've done before with City Theater, with other things. Right. So this is my first show with City Theater. Um, I, if you can't tell, I'm from the South. I'm from Tennessee. Um, and I've done a lot back in Mississippi as well because I sat right on the Mississippi border. So I did a lot back home. I've done numerous shows. Um, I'm more of a theater musical performer. Um, straight plays really aren't what I've done in the past. I've done them, but it's just not my thing. Um, but City Theater reached out. They were in need of somebody to play this role. And I was like, sure. So, um, but around here I've done Theater Atchison out in Atchison, Kansas. Oh, that's quite a ways. Yeah, I did Little Women, the musical. I played Professor Bear in that. Um, and then uh, a new company that's in town, A Place for Us Productions. I um, was in She Loves Me. I played Mr. Marichek. Okay, yeah. You Did you come the day the ladies were on with me? Uh, probably not. I did no. not. Yeah. I listened and I watched. So, um we so, were we weren't invited. Yeah. <laughs> they made us stay at home. And they're and they're listening right now. Okay, so are they? I yes. want you to I want them to know how heartbroken we were. We weren't invited. Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> so but I've done gosh. Over a hundred shows. Well that's great. Um that's great. Mind you, I'm thirty three years old. I don't want anybody thinking I'm like super old, but <laughs> I started when I was four. Quite so. active. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> now, compare the uh, Mississippi slash Tennessee theater scene with Kansas City. What is What are the big differences? The Mississippi Tennessee theater scene is, I, I will say, it's very cutthroat. Um, well, that surprises is, me. <laughs> it's very surprising. But even in Mississippi, I was in North Mississippi. Um, there were three community theaters. One theater in particular ran more so as a professional, um, which I did stuff with them, but they also had the budget. I remember we did Little Mermaid, and I think the budget was almost a hundred grand. Oh, really? Wow. So, um, a budget? Yeah, they had a budget. <laughs> um, so, did you get paid for that? No, oh. it was community theater. It was just very well ran. But 
Not I if you're not noticed, getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed here in Kansas City, it's just, um, I was very like looking for my people kind of thing when I joined She Loves Me is what really got me in the scene. Um, everybody is so welcoming in the Kansas City scene. Um, everybody is, you know, welcome. It's so good that we have somebody joining. Back home, it's like, what part do you want? Oh, I want that part too. So you, then it's like you can't be friends because you want the same part. But here, it's like everybody <laughs> just loves everybody, and it's it's mm -hmm. been a great experience. Um, working with Anna has been phenomenal. Um, she made me actually love to build set. Um, oh, really? <laughs> I do not like to build set one because I just don't trust myself with power tools. But, um, <laughs> well, that's a good point. <laughs> you need to be careful yes, with those power tools. But the way we build set with CTI is so different that it's been fun. Like, you have your little teams and you work on your little pieces of set, like me and Vicky and another cast member. We had, we built the upstairs. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, like, I've enjoyed that aspect is that everybody gets involved. Every It's all hands on deck for the show. So, like, the finished product, when we finally see it, it's like, okay, this cast created this whole project not just the show but we created our stage we created our set we painted we did everything so yeah, yeah now uh, clay morgan he plays the role of teddy brewster uh, yes. upstairs are very important because you have I, scenes where you go up and down the I, stairs i helped build the stairs yes. <laughs> because <laughs> i wanted to see what was going on and who you know how it was made and is it sturdy and yeah so I, they're very important to me. Those stairs, sure. <laughs> yeah, the upstairs and the the cellar, the are, cellar are both right. important to you yes. for different, for very different reasons. Very different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I ask you a little about the playing Rose. About but you're, just to clarify for people, you're are you Mortimer's half brother? Well, yeah, I, I. It's never really explained. They, yeah. They're called brothers, mm -hmm. but Mortimer's, Mortimer's mom. Mary's. Well, don't give away oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. I that, don't want to give that, that away. That might be. Yeah, that might that, not be good to much. give away. That's but, too much. But but yeah, I, you're related, and you think you're related, and uh, right. he thinks he's related to I'd you. I'd say half brothers. I'd say half brothers. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know that's that's a very uh, big part of the story as right, well. Right. This story has a lot of facets to it, Anna. How a how lot. do you explain all of this to your to your actors and uh, get them on board with all of this? <laughs> um. I don't know that I've ever really sat down and explained anything. We've researched different little things that have come up in the show that are like, oh, well, what does this mean? Or what does this refer to? And things like that. So we have, a lot of us have like pulled out our phones at rehearsal and just been like, okay, do, 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 do. Pirandello, oh, that's a, a theater reference to uh -huh. this, you know, this uh, playwright at the time and things like that. So we've done a lot of that, just kind of group researching on different things. Um, that we've come across or, you know, um, kind of picking each other's brains as far as the history of what was going on at that time. Um, two of the things I love finding out, one was Vicky sent me a video about how the sisters were actually based on a, a woman from New York. That doesn't surprise me at all. Who, <laughs> yeah. you know, who was, so they were, they were based on her real story. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, time, finding all about Teddy Roosevelt and just the, the time period um, because it did um, 
look look at my dates here. <laughs> it sure, did premiere yeah. in August of 1941, and there are references at the very beginning of the show about Japan being the enemy, and Teddy talks about, point your guns the other way towards Japan, and that's the one we need to worry about. I, and then December of 1941 was Pearl Harbor. Sure. And I, so I guess he was worried, worried. about Japan, but yeah. Pearl Harbor had not yet happened. It he had was, not. He was worried about Japan because during his presidency, there was an issue uh, with the trade negotiations with with Japan. Mm-hmm. So, so you, yeah. you did look a lot up about Roosevelt to, to yeah. help your character, uh, Teddy right. Brewster, <laughs> well, uh, play, uh, be, live as right. Theodore Roosevelt. Well, it, yeah. it helps to put it in perspective of, you know, what what does he mean when he says this? Why is he saying this? You know, you so you kind of have to. The script would beg questions, and then you'd have to go find out the answer. Yeah, Kesselring was clever in that. Yeah. Some sometimes you can write things that are too much of an inside joke, and the audience doesn't get it. But perhaps in those days, that was different. Right. Right. Yeah. Tell us about yourself, Clay. Clay Morgan. We're talking to. Uh, what has he done before? <laughs> Were you also in She Loves Me? <laughs> I, I was. I was. So um, I played the head waiter in She Loves Me, um, and I am not a musical theater guy. Um, I'm actually an, an improviser. So I, I've performed improv comedy since 1997 in town. Uh, I used to play with uh, Comedy Sports, Comedy City, oh. um, and then had uh, several of my own little groups over the years. And uh, really, I'm, I'm an improv comedy actor. Um, and I saw, uh, so I've done some uh, the- community theater over the years, but not a lot of scripted stuff. Um, uh, it's hard for me to stay on script because I see, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, because I, I want to riff. I want to. I want to. You know, oh, this line would be better this way or that way or whatever. You know. And sometimes opportunities come up, and it's hard to pass them up, aren't they? Uh huh. Yes. And there, there, and Anna has been very, very gracious about giving me <laughs> free reign. And then sometimes oh, that's too much. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> pull it back, pull it back. But uh, um, so I've done. Gosh, I've done Susical um, as just a, 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 a character in that. And then um, I, I did Wizard of Oz, and I was a, a character that I believe was written for the show, um, uh, for that particular show, because he was trying to cover set changes in the back. And so it was called The Creature. Um, and The Creature basically was the witch's lackey. And so I spent most of the time, like, on the ground, on all fours. I see. I, I can't think of a Dr. Seuss character like that, but there may okay. have been. I oh, Yeah, um, that was Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that okay. was Wizard of Oz, yeah. And, but it, I don't know, you know, there's so many versions of that show. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was real or if they just wrote me in because the director liked me. Sure. Um, uh, and so, uh, but I saw this show when I was a freshman in high school, and I, uh, my high school did it. And a friend of mine was, uh, a very close friend of mine was in it. And so I went to see it and I was like, that Teddy Roosevelt is the best character I've ever seen. And this is a freshman in high school. And so it's always been my dream to play Teddy Roosevelt. And when I went to auditions, I, 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 I told Anna that if I don't get Teddy, I'm out. Oh, really? <laughs> he really did. But he was the best for the part and worked, you know. 
we were able to fill everybody else in around and make the family the way it is. And mm-hmm. he was just the the clincher right there as, as yeah. Teddy. We were like, we want Clay. <laughs> we well, want Clay for Teddy. The, and the I mean, relatives called you Mr. President. That made it. <laughs> that, 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 didn't, that didn't help your delusion at all. <laughs> well, and it was it was. Um, and it wasn't mean spirited. Like I just, it was like this is the role I, re- I really, really want. And you know, I had just come off like the two weeks before coming coming off of She Loves Me, and I was kind of like, you know, I need some downtime. <laughs> <Are you sure? laughs> and so if I was going to do the show, I wanted to get the role that I wanted. Um, and I gave my all in auditions for it. Just tried to do it as over the top, and then keep. Topping myself, it feels like every week or so. Some actors go from one show to another. Do you have one that uh, you're thinking of going into? I'll, I will ask you the same question. <laughs> I, I um, they're going to do Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, you would and probably enjoy that. I, yes, and so I, I really want to be uh, the dentist, uh, and so, uh, but that's in a, a few months, so I'll have a couple, couple months of downtime. So I might do that. I'm not 100% sold on it yet. Sure, sure. Okay, let's go back to uh, Daniel here. (laughs) So um, anything in the offing? So honestly, there's two things in the offing. Um, The next one is I actually really want to audition for Diary of Anne Frank, which is Mm -hmm. at CTI. Um, I'm not a very – I can do dramas and serious, but it's not something I normally do. So I was like, I want to kind of challenge myself and try something different. Um, and then I also want to audition for a Little Shop. And, um, <laughs> they're, they're, the Mississippi thing is going to come into yeah. play here, isn't it? Because yeah. we do both want the same role. Yeah. Um, we, we can't be friends. We can't be friends. <laughs> Okay, fine. <laughs> we and we play and we play Dungeons Drag. Daniel and I play Dungeons and Dragons on Sunday nights with the group. <laughs> yeah. So now we're going to be fighting there too. So oh, sure. <laughs> well, it all goes together. I want to leave enough time for Vicky. A lot of uh, a lot of credits there. Um, actually, yes, I've been doing community theater for around fifty years. That would have been uh, since I was a baby in diapers. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> well, yeah, yes, I, I I'm sixty seven actually, but have the uh, brains of a 13 year old (laughs) (laughs) but i've done oh my goodness i've lost track probably close to 200 shows in my lifetime um some of my favorite roles i've gotten to play mame twice oh that you'd be perfect for that um i've played miss hannigan and annie i've played also probably perfect for that that was so much fun jeanette in uh the full monty a couple of times um So many different roles. I, of course, I like comedy, musical comedy. I haven't sang in a while, so my, my chops are a little out of work. But I would like to also audition for a little. Sh- I want to be the dentist. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually. There's really no like any kind of a leading role, but. I love the music and the songs and yeah. Little Shop so much. I'd like to just be in the chorus. Sure. Be one of the townspeople would be a lot of fun. She does a darn fine British accent. I remember that. Oh, much. yes, lovey, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, next year, uh, Rip Chord. I want to audition for that at Bell Road Barn. So I've done Rip Bell Road Barn and the Barn Players. And, and uh, this is my first show with CTI. And so I hope to do many more there because it's just, this is it's what, a lovely space. This is what community theater actors do. They plan way ahead of time. Yeah. You already know you what you want to, to audition for. Of course I do. Comes. You have to. You have well, to. and I, I have found also as I get older, 
a lot of roles are a little bit geared to people younger than I am. So you have to, you have to kind of look ahead and go, well, I could maybe fit this role sure. or, you know, I'm, I, well, I had a professor tell me once that I was not ingenue material <laughs> <laughs> and that was when I was young. So, but well, that I've depends always, on the professor. Right? <laughs> I've, I've always been a, uh, a character actress and he said a character actress will always find work and I've always been able to find wonderful roles that I've loved playing over the years. Sure, sure. Now, Anna, uh, it, uh, oh, four or five minutes ago, <laughs> have you ever performed on stage? I've only known you to do other things. I Not that directing to, isn't fine. <laughs> I prefer to hide in the background. The greatest joy that theater brings me in doing these productions is not only the relationships and the, and the friendships I make with the cast and crew, but also hiding in the back and seeing the audience's reaction to everything that we've put together and done. That is my greatest joy. Um, I was on Tech Crew years ago for Blythe Spirit, and the reactions I heard just from the magic that happens in that show, the the things that go flying and the, the uh, different, um, different special effects that have to happen in that show that I helped create, it's just that just hearing their reaction or seeing that that joy on their faces hearing them laugh is just the greatest joy to me for doing theater well and for someone who doesn't yeah. not enjoy performing themselves what kind of director does that make you are you i i huh. feel like i'm different okay. from a lot of directors and these guys will tell me if I, i'm wrong um, but I, I have always been very inclusive. I want to hear everybody's point of view. Mm -hmm. If someone has a, yep. an idea um, of how to say a line, whether it's their character or someone else's, I want to hear about it. I want to try it. I want to have ev make sure everybody has a voice in the show. I've never been, and I've never enjoyed being a dictatorial director where it's like, this is my show. I'm the head of it. I'm, we're going to do it this way because this is what I envision and this is what it's, what it's going to be. They're the ones up on stage, not me. They're the ones that have to perform the roles and, and have to enjoy what they're doing. If you don't enjoy the role you're playing and the way that the production is going, you're not going to have fun. You're not going to want to be there and you're not going to put your all into the role. And so I've always been very collaborative with, my, with the entire cast and crew. They've always been encouraged to speak up when we do, do notes at the end of rehearsal. I'm like, do you guys have anything? Mm -hmm. Do you yes. guys have any input to put in? Do you have any questions? Do you have any ideas? Because I want to hear it and we want to try it. And we've come up with some of the greatest moments in the show just from their experience and what yeah. ideas they've had. And, and Kyrie gives us the best notes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes, my yes. daughter Kyrie. Oh, <laughs> uh, she does. She, she's she been able to do, notes. to do notes and um, write her own and give out her own notes. And <laughs> she has really loved doing that. It, does this come, Kyrie, from being in a, uh, in a theater type family? Mostly, yes. Okay. <laughs> She's a theater kid through and through. Through and through. She definitely is. This is only her third show. She's done two with me before where she's gotten to act, and this is her first time doing tech. And I told her any good actor does tech sometimes to learn mm -hmm. all aspects of a show and have appreciation for yes. every aspect that goes into a show. So she's learned a lot, a lot through this process. 
about what really goes into cops, costumes, props, building the set, making it all come together. Is there so. any of the performers you want to mention that are not here? And we haven't, we've mentioned Jack, we've mentioned Absolutely. the lady that played the I other I want to make sure everybody is highlighted. Um, so we have, let's see here, we have, we've talked about Elaine. She's played by Emily Sanderlin Osborne. Um, she's, everybody's amazing. I could say the same thing after everyone. <laughs> uh, we've talked about Mortimer and his character, and that's Elijah. And I'm sorry, Elijah, I'm going to mess up your last name. Bissemeyer, Bissemeyer. I can never pronounce it correctly. I apologize. Um, <laughs> and then we've got, um, we've talked about Steve Parker as Jonathan and Jack McCord as Einstein. Um, it, we also have a couple others. Jesse Ham is playing Mr. Witherspoon, the head of the superintendent of Happydale. Um, and we've got Mr. Gibbs being played by Ken Marlowe. Um, and then we have our four officers, well, three officers and Lieutenant. Uh, <laughs> Officer Brophy is Demarion McDonald. Officer Klein is Erica Mileman. And uh, Officer O'Hara, played by Kim Kirshner. And then our Lieutenant Rooney, our head of our cops, is Nick Daguerre. Yeah. So Sounds like a fine cast. Wonderful it's cast. Great. I it's couldn't a, ask for a better one. It's yes, an sir. interesting play. And I, anyone who's sensitive to these issues, I just want you to know. It, it's I'll a black it. comedy. <laughs> and, but there are parts that might disturb you if you're inclined to be that way. Uh-huh. But uh, I don't I think don't so. I don't think so. The way we're we're playing it, I really don't think there's anything. I mean, Kyrie's nine and she's <laughs> been just fine through this whole show. Good. Um, it's good comedy. Yeah, it's got it a, like a, dar- a little dark humor, but it's just so hilariously funny. The antics of these characters all through it mm-hmm. that you just. You don't even think about any of the dark side of the comedy right. because they're just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Sure. Well, I want to thank all of you for taking part of your Christmas holiday thank away you. to, yeah. to be with us on the show today. It brightened our Christmas day quite a bit to relive those old memories and, and talk about a, a truly funny show. And uh, what would I, I often wondered what Mortimer would have said about this show. But <laughs> we, we will never know. He, he was a hard critic. He yeah. was. He, he didn't was like anything yeah. from, yes. from what I recall. So, that's, But anyway, thank you all of us for coming. Anna Olson, who is the director. Uh, Clay Morgan, who plays the role of Teddy Brewster. Thank you. A la Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt, we should say. Daniel Thompson, who plays the role of the Reverend Dr. Harper. And Vicki Kurtz, who plays the role of Aunt Abby in the City Theater of Independence production of Arsenic and Old Lace, opens January the 5th, the Friday. Performances then continue on the 6th and 7th. The Sunday performance on the 7th is a 2 o'clock matinee. Then the same thing the next weekend, the 12th and 13th at 7.30, Friday and Saturday, and a Sunday matinee on the 14th at 2 o'clock p.m. at the Roger T. Sermon Center in Independence, the old powerhouse. That's why they call it the Powerhouse Theater, because it Mm -hmm. used to be a powerhouse. 201 North Dodgeon in Independence. If you need a map quest, the zip code is 64050. You can go online to citytheaterofindependence.org, and you can call their box office number 816-370-6654 to learn all about Arsenic and Old Lace, opening on January 5th at City Theater in Independence. Thanks so much, all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas Merry to Christmas. all of you, or Merry happy Christmas. holidays, or whatever you celebrate. Uh, yes. uh, I, I back you in that. <laughs> the Jazz Canadian is next. 
He's going to be bringing you some fine holiday jazz performing on this day. So we'll have jazz from 1 to 3. And then in true KKFI tradition, we'll have the blues from 3 to 6. Right here on your community radio station, 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City's community radio. So until next, we meet, ladies and gentlemen, at that crossing the road. I'm Michael Hogue. We'll see you next time. Thank you.